Bale Preds, by the way, are in the best position they've been in in a long time. Spike scan initiated. I'm picking up a podcast arriving. Wait. Designation. Forge the narrative. Hey everybody, welcome to Forge the Narrative. My name is Paul, your host. We hello about a Lost Souls podcast. I'm joined by Adam Camilleri. Howdy. Red Powell and Tanya Gates. What up? Hey everybody. Second codex of the edition. Space Marines. Like the most giantest codex that anyone has ever seen. Feels like it's hundreds of pages. Of space marine goodness. Well, isn't it isn't it less than the last one, but still an ungodly amount? <laughs> I think the last one was like 260 pages or whatever, and this is now just a a um, a, a very reasonable 215. Ah, oh, totally manageable, easy, done in an afternoon. But jam packed with stuff. I mean, there's multiple detachments. There is you know lore. There's combat patrol, all kind of stuff, uh, and of course some brand new units. The detachments, kind of exciting. I'm actually excited about a couple of them. First company was was also linked on the Warhammer community site, but there's also like a stealthy one and a fast one. You know, which I'm like being real careful careful here, not to mention certain Space Marine chapters because there's a lot of like kind of flexibility built into here and i and i'm i i'm trying to figure out how it sits with me yeah because so uh i think i know what you're getting at because they've kind of opened it up for every space marine because i mean in in essence every space marine army is oh, sorry chapter is a very diverse you know mechanism it has having different arms and different wings and different companies to do different things but they all kind of have their their specific take their flavor their identity and it feels like the identity part has semi been shifted but the flavor is there for anyone to have but it, rather than i think i think an analogy i've used on another show is you know when you go to like the supermarket and you buy like a meal kit and it has everything you need in it to make said meal maybe you know some kitchen staples that's what it's felt like previously like if you played blood angels you get you got the blood angel you know meal kit off the table and then there's everything in front of you to play it's more like you you get the recipe now and then have to go and build the meal if that now, makes like the, sense the you know what i'm what we're used to refer to as like the big four you know with dark angels blood angels space wolves you know they th- that stuff's not in here no well i think that that's been already been revealed that they're getting their own well at least we know the the dark angels one has been revealed that they're getting their own supplemental index or and or codex so this is largely built for you to kind of figure out what set of rules works best for whatever flavor of marines you want to play and and now i think you you may be even empowered more to do that than you have in even previous editions where there was like you had your custom chapters now when the custom chapters everyone just took the one that gave them the two melted guns and got on with their lives, <laughs> you <know>. but <laughs> so but i think you are even kind of more incentivized or incentivized is probably the wrong word but like there's less stigma on you picking the thing that that gives you the most joy in play whether or not it matches the color of whatever your marines are or not well yeah i mean you know the funniest thing is listening to people talk about space marines and like the range the spectrum of conversation that goes on with space marines every time they release you know whether it's there's not enough options or there's too many options or the way it blurs together one way or the other 
I mean, you think about it at times, we've had a Space Marine Codex, which is larger than most Xenos Codexes by itself. And then it comes with, let's just say, around about 10 supplemental books to it uh, that, that, you know, outmatch the rule book and two other Xenos Codexes when stacked together. And yet, you know, people are worried about how things are going to go together. Uh, I'm not naming names or anything, but (laughs) what more can you ask for? I mean, you get the, you don't just get everything, you get everything. And now you can mix it all together. You can have your friends stuff painted one way, your stuff painted one way, and they can all be easily explained away. And, And that's, you know, a lot of different aspects. Just be grateful for what you got, Adam. Okay. I mean, some of us oh. are stuck with some hey. of us are stuck with not even a sixth of the core codex, and we've just got you know a handful of special options. So I'm not sure uh, how my explanation came across, but it wasn't meant as a negative. It was meant as just a kind of a changing in perspective on on like a design structure. Like mm. instead of just having the entire thing handed to you, you now mm. get to choose your own adventure. And some people look at this as a, as, as a loss of identity. And some people are like, well, kid in a candy store, I can just have it all. And you're absolutely right. Space Marines, there's, Space Marine privilege is alive and well, people. That's pretty much what, what we're trying to say. <laughs> it very much exists in this codex uh, as well as every other one for probably about a decade. I mean, I just want, you know, some red power armor individuals that may or may not have ridiculous helmets that are like, you know, taller than their torsos are tall with jump packs. Is that too much to ask? Space yeah. Marines get it. They've got all sorts of people with jump packs. I can't have jump packs. <laughs> they even got more so now. <laughs> you, you, you can't have a drop pod. You, you know, your people yep. forgot how those work. Yeah, we stopped doing all that. We stopped. Yeah. We wanted to go fast, but not that fast. One of the new units in this book is the Company Heroes kit. Uh, One of the new kits you can get, and it's it's kind of an interesting unit. Um, Go ahead and talk about the, it's 95 points for four models with four wounds apiece. Yeah, the fact they've got four wounds is real interesting. It's the first non-Terminator, non-Gravis unit to get four wounds as a Space Marine. Yeah, so it's one Ancient, one Company Champion, and two Company Veterans. Uh, with a kind of variety of war gear, uh, the banner adding one to the OC, the OC of one normally, and then the command squad. While a character model is leading this unit, each time an attack, the target's this unit subtract one from the wound roll. So they got the three plus save, not a two plus, but subtract one from the wound. Is that better? Uh, yeah, absolutely. The minus one to wound is fantastic. Mostly because the ability to get cover is is pretty judicious at the moment in the, in the way the game is played. So having a three up, I mean, if you just play cautiously, you can have a two up for most of the impactful parts of the game anyway. And you must attach a captain or a chapter master to this unit. So, you know, there is a bit of a tax if you want to take them. So, you know, that adds, what is that? 16 plus an extra, that's what, 21 wounds or something in a very small footprint. What would it become an OC2 unit? So are you looking at, you know, what, the 10 at, at base? OC10 for stuff? Well, you have to attach the character, so it goes straight to 12, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It feels where we're... You look at this, I looked at the kit and I was like, I don't know if I want all that mixed war gear. You know, it feels like there may be, you know, like you're kind of that efficiency that we crave. Maybe it's not there because you don't have mm. a consistent profile across every single thing. But, but when I started looking at what the unit actually does 
and what's been winning recently. I mean, let's take a look at at some of the stuff that like happened even this past weekend with like Chaos Space Marines coming out on top of a major tournament. Granted, they had some killing power, but it had I think it had a lot to do with also with like their their presence on the tabletop. Absolutely, the small footprint, a surgical unit, you know, Warp Talons, Raptors, Cultists, even you know some demon allies making it in there in Blue Scribes, Changeling, Nurglings, things of that ilk. Um, yeah, absolutely, this this thing holds up, and it's not expensive for the amount of wounds that you get. I would like to say that I don't know who they stole it from, probably the Custodes, but this unit has the best heavy bolter in the freaking game. It is so good. <laughs> it's damaged three, baby. Three. I, I, I don't, again, I was looking at it going, is this good? Then I think the answer is yes. Like, you're going to see these on the table. I think so. I, I'm pretty excited to at least get a unit of um, five of them going because, in all honesty, I love kind of special marines yeah <laughs> who doesn't if you're a marine player you're there because you you like regular marines and then you like marines with stuff stuck on them and that's that's essentially encompasses that that's exactly the entire space marine range i just described all forms of space marine <laughs> they got awesome they got bonics they got cool shoulder pads they got all kind of yeah. flair each one of them has some type of like you know big crazy thing that goes in the back of their backpack i mean there's, there's a lot here so when i first started playing uh, 40k back in the ye old days there used to be an equivalent of this remember the sp- the old space spring captain it was yeah, kind of the first the first single model unit that came in a box instead of a clam pack that's I think because i've it got just more had... versions of him than i do lieutenants i'll be honest <laughs> that's it that's because you could make every configuration of everything with that kit i feel the right. same way about this kit you just you could just buy one of these kits and just have it sitting on your shelf and then when some new hotness comes out you could probably convert one you could probably just turn over pick out that kit pull it open and be like that's everything i'd ever need to make any character and or just put this put this kit together with the drop of a hat all the special bolters all the special heavy weapons all the special helmets and the shoulder pads and backpacks and all those things you could just make so many unique variant to add your special spice to whatever space marine you, you decided you want to make f- the five coolest space marine sergeants for your squads ever grab this kit uh, great spot assault intercessor is also a brand new kit and uh you know i think we all kind of knew this would eventually happen is throw jump packs on intercessors why would you assume that it's not like that's <laughs> ever been done before <laughs> i know i know i'm rubbing salt in the wounds of the world eaters out there no no it's fine i'm actually excited for it i think they look great um i, I you know honestly i was a bit wary when primaris were first introduced and we had um what are the what are they called? The ones with the bolt pistols and plasma pistols nowadays. Um, Inceptors. Inceptors. Yes. Sorry that you know all the the different herbs. the IN words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, they. I I was on board. I got it. I understand flying units with ranged weapons, and yet you know, then Phobos came out and totally trumped them with flying people with you know fifty cows. And that was a pretty good option, you think? But now we're back to the the classic, and they've brought us to primaris assault marines with jump packs so i'm glad that we we made that transition where they had this whole jump you know it's it's always the interesting question of where these guys been at like we had the guys with the pistols (laughs) called back pocket like yeah i mean like you tell me the guys with the pistols didn't carry a bunch of chain swords with them either like they could have you know they could have but it's cool i'm actually really glad we finally made this jump like let's just get on with it because i I think they look awesome uh, yeah, hammer rat that, too so you know mortal wounds nothing to be sneezed at yeah, another novel concept that's not been doesn't hasn't existed before 
so uh, a one one I will, I will express one sorry two disappointments with this kid. Uh oh. Only two? Okay, keep going. <laughs> only only two that I'll I'll say online. Um where's my eviscerator? I miss it. I want it back. I want a Primaris Marine with a chainsaw that's as big as he is. Oh, I Give got you. I got you over there. You just have to follow the eightfold path. Drop. The <laughs> well, jump. that's what I was, you I was got, about you to say. You got to get rid of the jump pack. And then they'll give you a they'll give you a two handed chain weapon. Is it you can't apparently in the in the forty first millennium Belisarius call will not let you have both a jump pack I mean, and a big. It's very sword. dangerous. No, I mean, and, and to be fair, right? Like, let's let's look at this realistically. I mean, power armor technically has these generator packs, right? And I'll tell you, it is really uh, a real pain sometimes to like power management with different military grade equipment like it you'd think it'd just be able to do whatever i mean but maybe that's the case maybe your your weapons you know it's just too much of a draw on your equipment that the power pack the jump pack and the two-handed we've just we haven't gotten there yet sorry it's a struggle it's it, it's it there's just no there's just no way maybe in, i just um, i okay. solved it i solved that one for us it did. it's, it's, it's canon sort of, now the, it's canon. the other one the other one is just a struggle with the sheer amount of freaking tactical rocks on this kit. <laughs> so many freaking tactical rocks. It's just a phenomenal amount of rocks strategically placed for people's feet. It's just, it, oh my God, it bothers me. Look, if you, if you keep talking like that, that's how you're going to get more flight stands. <laughs> okay, okay. I wasn't going that crazy. Let's, so you better let's back it up. You better back it up. Yeah, exactly. Curved flight stands with uh, less than a, a millimeter in contact. You get what yeah. you get, all right? You get what you get. Oh, man. Speaking of My that Lord. rock, though, the captain with the jump pack. So, I, I, you know, th- thanks, Games Workshop, for sending this model early because I got to put it together as, as you might guess, Red Armored Marine. Uh, but it went into the bits box to kind of personalize it because that's one of the coolest things about Space Marines is, you know, this, like you were talking about earlier, making sergeants and whatever, is just the vast amount of bits that cool personalization things that can exist for the range. And I'm pleased to report that, like, sanguinary guard bits work really well on this model, even though it's a Primaris captain. And put together a really cool thing, like put the power fist on the other arm because that's where that's the arm that the uh, sanguinary guard power fist is on. And then, you know, one hand swap, got a plasma pistol ready to go. And, you know, real pleased that you can still personalize all these new models with like whatever flavor of bits that you choose to. I mean, I really do think the smartest thing G-Dub has actually done production wise in the last you know decade is when they did the primaris range they did it so that every head every shoulder every arm um of every space marine that's ever been made does not look stupid on a primaris chassis on a primaris torso and legs and i I just think that is just a genius move on their part and, and a phenomenal amount of forward thinking i mean there's probably some other good business acumen in there but that's that's that that's the one for me <laughs> <laughs> Oh, then Angel's Wrath, while this model is leading a unit each time that unit ends a charge move until the end of the turn, add one to the strength characteristic of melee weapons equipped by models in that unit, uh, in addition to the rights of battle. Really um, helps with some uh, some breakpoints there, getting from the strength 4 to strength 5 bracket is uh, quite a big deal. I suppose, Well, when you apply it to you know the new Assault Intercessor kit. Yeah, I'm enjoying where this is going. And uh, actually, unrelated, I painted some Infernus Marines because they were on my desk. I'm not sure that they'll make the cut into a list, but man, they look good with red and yellow helmets. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to point that out. Uh, You want to talk about some of those detachments that we were chatting about? Yes. 
Well, where do you want to start, mate? There's six of them. Well, seven technically, but one of them is uh, the already much renowned Gladius Task Force, which has made it into, and I assume is going to make it into every supplement as well. Um, but there are six of these uh, bad boys, and it's starting to get to the case where you're really getting a scope for GW, what GW hopes their, their pattern to be on the, on the Codex releases. You almost have a siloed flavor to each detachment. Like or each attachment has its, has an identity uh, really attached uh, that they're really instilling, and or you could even go so far as to say they're encouraging a skew to your list, um, and even showed some foresight by their point by giving us the all comers version as the first one, similar to the Tyranids. Um, Invasion fleet for the Tyranids is uh, still one of the better, if not the best, all comers version that they can make, and then they have all their specific. High fleet variants. Space Marines are very much the same. Gladius being, I still believe the best. If you were just going to take a little bit of everything, Gladius is probably the best way way for you to to you for you to go in the short term until you figure out you know where you want to go with your collection or your army. But essentially, we have every variant. We have the Anvilus, which is uh, very much the. I want to stand still, and when I stand still, I get a phenomenal amount of power, but uh, you take the penalty of, you know, you don't move around the boy, you don't get dynamic. Uh, and then from there, was it the Firestorm, I believe? Or is it the Iron... Are you just going down iron... the list? I want to talk about the Stormlance I... Task Force. Uh, of course, the, the one that's best for Blood Angels. Who would have freaking thought, yeah? <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> Uh, they're also gonna you know white scar variant so this is this is the lightning assault that's actually the detachment rules lightning assault uh adeptus starties units from your army are eligible to declare a charge in a turn in which they advanced or fell back that's just the base rule and it's not like specific types of adeptus starties it's you got the adeptus starties keyword you can do this yeah it is uh one of the only ones that is universal so a lot of these other ones will be um specific to certain unit types like uh, I think the Iron Storm is specific to to vehicles and walkers, and then some other variants are specific to certain certain units, or they have range restrictions, or if you stand still, or things like that. This one is just slap it down here all the time, ever more, every unit in your army, advance and charge, fall back and charge. It is uh, the best universal buff, I think. Yeah, and some enhancements. So it, this is the way the detachments work. You've got a detachment rule, you got some enhancements that you could spend points on, and then you've got a suite of stratagems. That's the same way that it was in the Tyranids books. I think that's what we can as, as expect will be the same way as it is in the index, and just, just more of them as the codexes get to, uh, you know, in our hands. But there's some good stuff here. And I won't belabor it with all of us with everything that's about this, but it, you know, this is the one that you want to go fast. You want white scars type stuff. You want uh, blood angel type stuff. You know, fast assault. This is kind of like the way to do it. There are a couple of stratagems that make their way into almost all these, which is like the armor of contempt. It's kind of like a space marine thing. But here's another ride hard, ride fast. Uh, this is unique to this detachment. One Adeptis Astartes mounted or Adeptis Astartes fly vehicle unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of the attacks, uh, attacking units' attacks effect until the end of the phase. Each time an attack targets this unit, subtract one from the hit roll, subtract one from the wound roll. Uh, so that's done in your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit has selected its targets very good very very strong especially with all, especially the fact that you can use it on a, on a fly vehicle as well it really puts a lot of the uh well this the land speed is we still available to us and sneakily maybe see a single flyer added back into some lists because they get benefits of this as well uh shock assault another one here 
uh, one Adeptus Astartes mounted unit from your army that has not declared a charge move until the end of this end of the turn. You can reroll charge rolls made for your unit, and melee weapons uh, equipped with models in this unit have the lance ability. You do that in your charge phase. Huge, making units like Outriders um, perform a bit above their their pay grade. Um, all those strength for AP1 attacks, well, plus one to wound, they actually do something against some of the tougher opponents out there. They won't just be used for clearing objectives. And plus they get real... So interestingly enough, um, a lot of people will just, you know, re-roll a charge if they fail it. That's a CP. That's a, that's the CP here. You are, you are front-loading that CP and saying, if I did, was going to fail this, I would re-roll it. Therefore, I'll pay the CP now, get real charges, and lands if I make it. I think it's a very good strat. It's a very good um, price point for what you get. Yeah, everything we talked about so far is one CP. Here's another one that's one CP. Whiffed, win Swift Evasion. Uh, one Adeptus Astarte unit from your army that is within nine inches of an enemy unit. The effect is your unit can make a normal move up to six inches. You cannot make this move if you're within engagement range. You do this in your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy unit ends its ends a normal move, advance, or fallback move. I think this is incredibly powerful. As you notice, there was no like direction on which you have to go you just get to move up to six, six inches uh really good though but um because some people have noted about this strat that it does not say anywhere that you can you know reallocate your charge if you fail but there has been a blanket rule put in the designer's commentary that should anything like that happen you can reallocate your charge but what this means is that for the savvy folk out there and here's adam's little hot tip of the day uh all you do so if they declare the charge on you and you can move outside range well, that well means this, they is, get this is in the movement phase it's not in the charge so this does this won't interact with that specific thing but you're right about the commentary correct correct um all you do is make sure you are 0.1 inside of their maximum charge range so if they do declare the charge on you it is passable but either way you're right it happens in the movement phase so too bad so sad <laughs> well this is this is the the type of stuff you're talking about i think is is there are power within this and so this type of uh mechanic with like zero restrictions sometimes get, gets put on the the fact watch <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind. You know, we're reading it just as is out of the book. Not that we expect it to get changed. I think it's cool for things to be powerful. Uh, but those those little bit of nuances, you know, you know, read it twice. Make sure you got it. But I think all those things well, we just read off are really powerful. Yeah. Well, there's one more, mate. There's one more you haven't read off. Oh. Which is the only the only two CP strat in there, which uh, lets you auto advance six. But if you are mounted, you auto advance nine. Which if you are I keeping can charge track after of this, that. You can charge. There's nothing that says you can't charge after that. So a unit of Outriders will go, what, 21 inches and then declare a charge Wow. for two CP. And then for one more CP, you can have that charge be re-rollable and get Lance. It's a big CP investment, but that is a hellacious amount of speed and reach. It's it's literally, it's pretty unheard of in the game at the moment. There's very few other things that I can think of. Actually, there's nothing I can think of <laughs> that goes that go, uh, averages a 28-inch uh, threat range. So six Outriders is 190 points. If you want to add an Evader ATV to that, it's another 70 points. That might be a good value. Yeah, look, uh, with, when, you, when you're taking them that big, you do definitely want to have that extra CP to slap down on Lance. But I think just a three-man uh, would probably be good enough to just be like, well, none of your objectives are safe. You can't go put your little your little nonsense units on any objective on the table because these one or two three man outriders can just reach all of them. So you wanted to put a couple of cultists there, well, they're they're just instantly dead for two CP. Oh, yeah, um, I'm digging it. Although a whole bunch, I I will say outriders in particular don't need this strat because they already auto advance six, I believe. I'm pretty sure they do. So they already automatically go eighteen. You can spend the two CP oh. to make it them to go twenty one. 
but uh, definitely Invader ATVs, especially for, for unlocking a lot of secondary objectives, engaging on fronts behind enemy lines, uh, a myriad of things. They can just pay the CP, just get the points on the board. I just jumped into the fast-moving one because I think that's it's really compelling, especially well, when you can just jump this power armor all if, over the place. If, if you want to talk about the real juice, consider what this detachment does for Thunderwolf Cav for Space Wolves. And then just Red is just like wringing his hat in his hands. And like, why do they get to go fast on their griblies? Why, why, why? Twisting the knife. Uh, no, no, it's okay. Like, I mean, I, I've, I, you know, I only had to wait till the very, 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 very last codex in the last edition before I got my stuff. I'll get my turn. I may be the very, 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 very last, but that's okay. I, I understand. Uh, if I'm patient, I'm sure I too will get all the options that Space Marines have. Just keep uh, telling yeah. myself that, and I'm sure I'll get it. In the meantime, I got it. It'll be okay. I, I'm, <laughs> I've got I've got Angron. I should just be grateful for what I was given. Angron is out. a beautiful model. That's right. I'm happy. I'm good. I'll move out. Adam, is there another detachment you want to talk about before we talk about the Vanguard Spearhead? Uh, I, so, okay. So if you are, it'll actually take a while to explain the Firestorm because there's a lot of nuance and jank in there. So let's go to the Ironstorm because this is the Ungabunga Dread Iron Hands-esque what we know and love from uh, Errors Gone By list. Very powerful, a lot of damage, a lot of durability, and two of the best enhancements I think we've seen in the game so far. So GW has really gone away from slapping down many auras in this game. There's very few very powerful auras that you can think of off the top of your head. The Ironstorm uh, Task Force gets two very good auras in their enhancements, uh, one of which is just a six-inch aura of lethal hits, on any, I can't remember if it's a vehicle or walker. You might have to tell us, mate. But um, within six inches, and the other one is, I believe, uh, fall back and shoot within six in an aura within six inches. Both very powerful uh, when you consider that uh, Redemptors Dreadnoughts and Ballistas Dreadnoughts are extremely well priced for what they bring to the table at the moment. And you could easily have three of both sitting in either either or both of those auras so and that- becoming an extremely durable um, little castle. The detachment rule is the Armored Wrath. Once per phase, each Adeptus Astartes unit in your army, you can re-roll, hit, re-roll one hit roll, one room roll, or one damage roll made by a model in that unit. Uh, so that's the, the blanket detachment rule. And then you start going into the, what you're talking about, the enhancements. So target Augury Web, Tech Marine model only, while a friendly Adeptus Astartes vehicle model is within six inches of the bear. Weapons equipped with that vehicle have the lethal hits ability. Uh, and then uh, the Adept of the Omnissiah, Tech Marine model only, once per battle round, uh, when a saving throw has failed for a friendly Adeptus Astartes vehicle model within six inches of the bear, you can change the damage characteristic of that attack to zero. And now the, the great thing about that is that... I believe I could be wrong because I've only had a look at these uh, once or twice. Um, but that's the right terms and conditions for that rule that I love. You get to see the damage before you zero it. Yeah, you, so it, you failed I'm, it. You have to roll and if you fail it, like, well, I'm going to make that a zero now. Yeah, then you see if they roll the six on the D3 plus three or D, D, D6 plus two or whatever. They roll a one, you're like, ah, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you get to see the damage before you zero it. So you really get the best of those terms and conditions in the interaction. Uh, yeah. So 
that is pretty strong. And I think you're right. That's uh, there's a lot of options to build around, which is a very popular configuration of Space Marines, which is a bunch of dreadnoughts. Absolutely. Also, another one that works for Space Wolves and could be another one that does not too bad for the Blood Angels because your some of your vehicles are in the best position they've been in in a long time. Also, Land Raiders, I'm, ta- I'm talking about Barpreds, by the way, are in the best position they've been in in a long time. Land Raiders are very yeah. good. You also have um, Army-specific dreadnoughts. And I don't know, I don't quite know where the Furioso dreadnoughts are up. I'm still waiting for there to be a, uh, a Brutalis Furioso dread one day, fingers crossed. But you have the Libby dreads, so there there is there is quite a few unique dreads out there. Librarian um, dreadnought is is very strong uh, for what it does right now. Digging it. Uh, there are of course you know same suite of type stratagems, armor contempts in this one, armor contempts in all of them. Uh, which I guess we should say what it does. Uh, until the end of the phase, each time an attack targets this unit worse than the armor penetration characteristic by one. You can do that on any adeptus starter unit in your opponent's shooting phase. So we're talking about ways to make things even more durable mm-hmm. and an already durable detachment. Uh, I'm digging. Sounds it. good. Uh, yeah, I think it's very. I think it's very strong. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about that that Vanguard detachment. And then we'll talk about maybe some standout units. There's there's some units that have, people have been really excited about that have kind of maybe been on the shelf for a little bit. Aggressors, we are talking about you, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. FTN is brought to you by Discount Games Inc. Please visit them at www.discountgamesinc.com. And don't forget to ask Jay about ways to save even more on your hobby projects. Hey everybody, we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsor and thank you all so much to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, That's one of the things that keeps the show going. It means so much for people that participate in that way. Every tier is awesome. You know, love it if you wouldn't, wouldn't mind checking out if it's something you can do as a way to support the show and keep everything flowing behind the scenes. Really appreciate it. Uh, and if uh, the Patreon's not your thing right now, don't forget to leave us five-star reviews wherever you are listening to this podcast. Every time one comes in, you know, I hear a little noise right in my heart. Makes it beat. Uh, we did promise we're going to talk about the Vanguard spearhead on this side of it. Uh, this is the the sneaky one. So the Shadow Masters is the name of this detachment rule. Each time a ranged attack targets an Adeptus Astartes unit from your army, unless the attacking model is within 12 inches, subtract one from the hit roll, and the target has the benefit of cover against that attack. Oof. Uh, so we go. This that's like a blanket armor rule. Subtract one. That makes I a just, big difference. Yeah, I just think about like my current orc list. They, they it hates that. It hates that so much. <laughs> Have fun rolling sixes and sevens. Oh, I mean, I do, I do have a little bit of like grot shooting in my list, so you know they'll just be shooting like normal boys, I guess. There's a an enhancement here called the Ghost Weave Cloak. Uh, the Adeptus Astartes model only. The bearer has the stealth and lone operative abilities. Lone operative is one of the best keywords in the game right now. That's why you see things like the Blue Scribes and the Changeling. I mean, they have some other abilities too, but you're you're seeing a lot of things creep into list specifically to like that lone operative being the standout. And so the fact that you can just give it to what might be a very powerful Marine character, I think is a huge, huge bonus. Sure. Uh, the Execute and Redeploy. Another thing here, Phobos models only in your shooting phase after the bearer's unit has shot. If the unit is not within engagement range of one or more enemy units, it can make a normal move up to six inches. If it does until the end of the turn, that unit is not eligible to declare a charge. Uh, this cannot allow the bearer's unit to move more than once in your shooting phase. So a little bit of a shoot and scoot. Can't charge with it, but I don't know that you, I mean, I guess you would want to have options to always do something, but uh, sure. typically, you know, kind of get, get it in and out 
of uh, line of sight. Well, I appreciate that they're they're still making. You know, there's got to be something to this whole like if you're a general Primaris or if you're Phobos or if you're in the uh, you know the heavier armor and everything. And so I'm glad to see that they're they're still giving that kind of attention to all the options that are available, and it's not just getting all washed in together. Uh, here's another powerful one: the Shadow War Veteran Phobos models only. Remember, there's like Phobos librarians and Phobos lieutenants and captains and stuff. Once per battle, after your opponent uses a stratagem, the bearer can use this enhancement. If it does, until the end of the battle, increase that stratagem's cost to your opponent by one CP. How annoying is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is one of those things to where you know there are things in the game. It doesn't say it doesn't say it's a specific type of stratagem to use it for uses a stratagem now it's going to be more expensive we've seen of course people including imperial agents like assassins to to specifically achieve this effect i think it's cool that you can do it within this particular detachment i don't know if y'all have any any favorite stratagems that you like but let me know so i can make (laughs) special note to make them more expensive when we play (laughs) well now i'm not going to tell you forget it uh, on my first read through of the codex, this is the one that jumped out at me the most uh, because I kind of like the idea of kind of those um, super uh, like stealthy type Marines. It's it's the the thing in Marines that kind of gets least highlighted is their stealth ability. Typically, you only see that like when they're playing like Raven Guard type chapters, and this is of course right, perfect for for Raven Guard. But a lot of chapters, you know, especially you know, everybody's got access to the Phobo stuff, and maybe you can kind of get some um, a different look to your army and get some cool rules out of it at the same time. Now, one of the stratagems here, Strike from the Shadows, one adapts the Stardis infantry unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot this phase until the end of the phase. Each time a model in your your model in your unit makes a ranged attack, the targets an enemy unit that is more than 12 inches away. Improve the Blixit skill and armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. If one or more enemy models are destroyed as a result of those attacks, select one of those destroyed models. That destroyed model's unit must take a battle shock test. That's one CP. So mm. I'm going to say this as somebody who really doesn't play Space Marines, but I was kind of playing around with Raven Guard a little bit in Ninth Edition. And when I was playing it, I couldn't wrap my head around their specific rules because some of the rules made it sound like they wanted to be far away from the enemy and fight in ranged. And then some of the rules made it seem like they wanted to be up close and fighting. Um, But I like this particular rule because it kind of reinforces the idea that they are kind of attacking from the shadows. Um, So I like this. As somebody who's kind of a, a purely rule of cool kind of person, yeah, this makes sense to me. Here's here's another little bit that, that highlights that duality that you were talking about. The surgical strikes, which is a two command point stratagem used in your fight phase. One Adeptus Astartes Amateur unit from your army that has not been selected to fight this phase. Effect is until the end of the phase, melee weapons equipped by models in this unit have the precision ability. Oh, nice. So you can essentially get in there and start assassinating some of those well-protected support characters. Yeah, and it's, I mean, for a whole unit. Right. That's a lot of attacks for some cases. Speaking of, you know, Reavers or 
and cursors pumping out. Yeah, I think that's a cool thing built in. Is two CP? It's a little expensive, I think, but uh, debate we worth it with some of that utility. Yeah, uh, another one here is Guerrilla Tactics. This is end of your opponent's fight phase. Up to two Phobos units and/or Scout Squad units from your army, and one other Adeptus Astartes Infantry unit from your army. I'm sorry, not and one or one other uh, thing. Effect, remove those units from the battlefield and place them in strategic reserves. In uh, the restriction is each unit selected for this strategy must be more than three inches away from all enemy models. And this is a one command point thing to affect two units. That seems amazing. I love that's value is what we call in the business value. The, I, I love this attachment. I don't currently have all the models that I think that would, the like the current configurations that I'm talking about, because I've never had any reason to include them in my army like this, but I think this is a compelling reason to break some of those Phobos units off the shelf in Scouts. Just, I'm just thinking about that stratagem, like all the ways that you could potentially bait out your opponent. Yeah, where do, like, where do they want to get close? They want to get, they want to get, stay far away. They don't know where to, what to do either. Yeah, and like every move that they make, they have to be thinking about, well, this is potentially bait. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yep. And, and of course, you know, things like Oath the Moment are, are still a thing. And, uh, the first company, so Oath the Moment actually just is, is changed to only be hits. Uh, but then the first company detachment in here change gets to use that as a reroll hit and wounds again. So there's a little bit of a trade-off there. Then the Gladius Strike Task Force in here, that's what gives your combat doctrines. Also the way to get art artificer armor. Like yourself a two plus armor saving to fill no pain of a five plus. Um, a lot of cool stuff in this book. And I know we're gonna talk about some standout units. Uh, I did mention that I that I painted some uh Infernus Marines. Just kinda got the idea is like I need I just want to complete some units. And I've had the, the Infernus built for a while and I there's a bit of a cautionary tale wrapped up in here that I want to <laughs> mention. <laughs> Is that I mentioned I've had them built for a while and I think I built them in haste because I had to remind myself of when do you remove mold lines <sighs> when you see them. <laughs> uh. And I had a couple that I was like, I can't live with this. I can't paint over these. I have to. I, have to break. <laughs> I know I've already got them primed and like a coat of paint on there, but I just noticed it and they got to get fixed. Well, if it's only one coat of paint, you can go in and yeah. just paint for it. At least you caught it then. Yeah. It's a, just a thought of a nice reminder. To, like you're, I mean, one paint to your own standard. I'm not, this is not me saying anything other than that. Stop but of course, judging people. Yeah. Jeez. I'm not trying to, but I think that, you know, one of the, one of the tenants should be remove those mold lines when you see them. I mean, I take forever to assemble my stuff because I absolutely hate mold lines but everybody's got to pick their battles right because i never drill out a barrel so i can't judge anybody for their mold lines you know i drilled out barrels on terminators recently and i'm like i hate to say i think it made a difference <laughs> yeah do they uh do they shoot better do they perform better on the table look as someone who believes in a little bit of that superstition i <laughs> i don't want to say they don't you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe it I'm not a believer. <laughs> but they look cool. They do look cool. So I know we also talk about a couple of standout units, and there there are plenty in this book, but the aggressor squads are have things that have been kind of they've flown off the shelves. And they they were good, I think, at the index as well. Uh, but have are probably gonna get even better with the Space Spring Codex. And a variety of characters can join them. So it's like they're not out on an island, they can they can have they can get support. 
And they've got a cool rule here, the close quarters firepower. Each time a model in this unit makes a ranged attack that targets the closest eligible target, improve the armor penetration characteristic of that attack by one. And they got twin linked, you know, hitting on... Th- you know, range uh, 18, three attacks, bolt storm gauntlets, strength four, AP one. Of course, I'm sorry, AP zero, move it up to AP one. You know, plus the other benefits that you can get uh, from whatever detachment you're going with and character support. And they're three plus save, but they're toughness six with three wounds apiece. I think you're going to see them. Six, toughness yeah. six and three wounds apiece is money, honestly. Um, I started using war bikers in my orc army, and they're just so hard to shift. And, I mean, their save isn't even as good as a space marine. So, those things, you're going to have to put a lot of firepower into them to remove them from the table. They have twin-linked power fist, which hit on threes. <laughs> Strength eight, uh, two damage apiece. How can you go wrong? I, I, when they came out, I honestly thought aggressors were going to be the replacement determinators. I, I'm I'm glad they're not, ultimately, um, despite my issues with... 40k modeled helmets for terminators uh, i'm just <laughs> glad that they're for the most part terminators wear their helmets but turning to the aggressors i i really thought that they were the replacements you know power fists uh equivalent of kind of the the more modernized primaris storm bolters and everything um i'm glad they're not but i still feel like they play into that kind of look and aesthetic and i like the aggressors a lot i i've i've always liked them as a unit i built the set when they first came out because i think they look cool and there's like not everyone yeah. shares that opinion but i do think they look really cool and i love their big shoulders and then yeah. when they put release the accessory kits that that included shoulders for the the gravis armor as well i, I couldn't resist <laughs> so, yeah and i i it's kind of there's a lot of good stuff in the marine book but i think this is going to be one of the one the units that does have that efficiency that makes its way into multiple styles of list. Sure. They're, they're currently out of stock on the GW website. Weird. <laughs> that never happens. What the heck? Uh, so if that's any indicator, some other people are feeling the same way, I think. I got to admit, I was kind of surprised there wasn't some kind of Primaris formation that, you know, it had all the, the what are the ones with the, the indirect fire weapons? Um, I don't uh, want to desolation? say destruct- desolation marines. Yep. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a formation that was like them plus aggressors up front or something like that. That was, you know, this this formation needs no line of sight at yep. at any time. You know, they just because um, you kind of have this as Adam was saying earlier. You know, these different formations that play into it. I know I was being kind of tongue in cheek in that regard, but I, I guess I'm just. This uh, compounding effect of all these, if you bring together all these different groups of space marines, right? If you've got the the aggressors up front and you've got the, the desolation marines in the back and you've got reavers in the enemy's lines and things like that, you know, being able to create kind of positional benefits that the, the codex or space marine tactics would reward you for. I thought that there could be some cool aspects to it, but I'm really glad with kind of the everything they've thrown at you and give you the option for. I don't feel like while the aggressors may have sold out, I don't feel like they're the only answer uh, that the space Marines have to, to play the game. I agree. Uh, six models for an aggressor squad is 220 points. It'd be 110 <laughs> for three. And you brought up the desolation squad. You know, they recently got moved, shifted to, to only five models and they're going to be 200 points for those five models. It's probably fair. Uh, they do That's a lot fair. of work. Yeah. I do kind of consider one unit almost mandatory for Space Marines. What's that? Uh, The Desolation Squad. I'm sorry, yeah. Oh, okay. 
that I feel like you you kind of want that functionality that, that they bring, but but I maybe can replace it with a whirlwind that's 145 points. Can I yeah. ask a question? Yes. Uh, since you know you're a filthy meta chaser, when you are looking at a new codex or you're picking up a new faction, how do you determine whether something is efficient enough to be like an auto include or not? That's a great question. Well, for, look for the value in things like what is a powerful ability? Does that unit get it at a reduced cost or free or something? You know, something like that, or just do they have it at all? And right now, popular like real powerful stuff is the minus ones to wound and hit and then also indirect fire because terrain has become such a well people recognized for the last edition and a half two editions how critical it is and so it's you see more and more tables in a competitive setting so that's what i look for and then if there's any kind of like value to that points what does it all come together for a re what might be a reasonable cost so are you sort of comparing it to other things that are in the codex? Are you comparing it to other things that are in other codexes? Like, how do you determine if it's a good point cost? I try to look at equivalent effects of things. And I think you are right across codexes too. Like say, let's that's one of the reasons that the Aldari seems so standout powerful is because they got a lot of rules for what seemingly did not cost, seem like there was a lot of points. <laughs> Or they had a bonus rule. They had like a third rule where every other unit had two rules kind of thing. All right. That's the kind of stuff you start looking at and thinking, you know, am I getting value out of this that maybe exceeds, you know, what the rest of the comparable units can be, especially in a Marine book where everything's just like, do I have a three plus save or do I have a two plus save? You know, and that used to be the one of the, 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 the primary standouts. And now it's not. Now it's more than that. Now you've got stealth, you've got uh, volume of fire, you've got some stuff that does indirect, you've got stuff that moves fast. You know, those are the things uh, that you have to kind of weigh between. And I do, I look for one, is like, do, does this thing already have what I consider a powerful ability in the game right now? And then do I feel like it gets it at a discount? Points wise. And that points could be comparable to other codexes, but sometimes it's with it sometimes it's also within that codex. It's like does this does this unit get it seemingly cheaper than another thing? Interesting. Um, if I may, can you pick another one of your units that you think is stand out and kind of go through with this sort of framework of efficiency why you came to that conclusion? But the things that have jumped out at me is the company of heroes because it's ninety five points and you get all those wounds. Like you get sixteen wounds plus the extra OC plus the character that has to be attached to it but it, that really helps them in this case for what is you know what i consider a a uh, low point investment for the utility you get out of that unit and its function on the table knowing uh -huh. that I, ha I have to be places to score points i.e you know on objectives or within scoring range of, of objectives and and they have just that they have great armor save get, you're gonna get some cover and you've got all those wounds packed into what is just a five base package gotcha uh and then the aggressors you know which talk about some of the value of the aggressors volume of fire great toughness great number of of wounds so you know that that kind of stuff those are the things that to me that are the, the most stand out right now i do like the assault intercessors too uh, well but, but i think that's more of like my my personal bias kicking in <laughs> your red bias yeah wow <laughs> Uh, hey we all have our biases right yeah, i'm not ta i'm not talking about how i'm so disappointed that there's no orcs coming out in october <laughs> we can we can be the orcs coming out in october <laughs> it's not the same 
Uh, so that, but that's basically how I break it down is like what, how much value is packed into what type of footprint and then like extra rules that it gets in. Uh, and then, you know, you start layering on it, it's slightly skewed by the detachments. Cause you know, as we were talking about, like all those detachments make certain things better. And, you know, I'm already thinking about like, how do I get, you know, like stern guard or those aggressors into that detachment that lets me shoot at, uh, you know, extra AP from 12 inches away with my 18 inch guns. You know, there's, there's all kind of cool stuff you can pack into there, but it, realistically though, I do think those are two great units that we're, that we're talking about. I'm excited. Hopefully this has got y'all a little bit more excited about Marines. I know y'all no, no. I mean, I, I, for someone, I do have an extensive, uh, admittedly extensive amount of firstborn. I do have, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of the newer. I don't have any. I know you just sat there and said that if there's any unit you should take, it's Desolation Marines. I, I don't have any. Um, but I do have a healthy amount, uh, you know, I've, I've, of aggressors, and I, I'm a big fan of Phobos and infiltrators, and I'm looking forward to. to I've always liked assault marines. Um, I, I've always liked the the aspect of that. You know, I saw, I thought assault intercessors were good, and I, I think it played well in an age. You know, one of my my good friends plays Black Templar, and I think assault intercessors really did a good job of playing into that army. Not saying that, you know, obviously throwing jump packs on them won't make them, you know, just that much better, of course, <laughs> but um, that, that's the next logical jump. But I, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see where they've gone with it. I do like, you know, my, my, my boys picked up a Leviathan box and uh, between Stern Guard and the Infernus Marines, I, I think that there's this awesome kind of build to the approach of Primaris that We've mentioned before how it does model after some of the 30K pieces. We've gone away from these tactical units, the tactical firstborn. We've moved more from, you know, Gilman's old codex kind of approach, and we've moved more almost back towards a 30K approach for Space Marines where you've got these specialized squads and you're playing them in mass over this tactical field. It's a really great layout, and I'm pretty excited. I, I like where they've gone with it, and I look forward. If this is a sign for the rest of the edition, I, I'm I'm happy. Well, we've talked about half the detachments in the book, and there are there are more, and of course, different things are going to speak to different people. But I think they've done a great job of making them all compelling and capturing those the essence of what all the Space Spring chapters are in our minds currently and you know maybe inspire some folks to you know, branch out with their current chapters to utilize some of these other things that are you know well known as space marine traits that don't always get exhibited so i, I think sure. i think it's a good codex yeah hey, that's our show this week i know we didn't get too deep into the hobby segment other than you know remove those mold lines <laughs> womp womp <laughs> you, you just get like I, we all have that gut check moment of do I get out the exacto or the or the seam scraper and fix this right now, knowing yes. that I have to repaint. Always. That's right here. But I think that I think the answer is yes. For me, it's always yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out, folks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us those five star reviews if you've made it this far and have not subscribed yet. We invite you to subscribe. It means a lot to us. And we'll see y'all on the next episode. See ya. Bye, everybody. Prospect scan is clear. I think they're gone. For now.